What's happening? This is Poder Podcast. Your host, Sergio Lagunas. On this podcast, we feature influential and powerful leaders with their own unique stories on art, music, education, and influence. So listen to these stories to find out their source of poder. Welcome to another episode of Poder Podcast. With us today we have none other than Aaron Jones. What I want. So we got Aaron Jones who works at UCSB. He is known as a community leader uh, because you see him as a leader in the community. Mm. So let's see about his background. So tell us, Aaron, uh, you go by AJ, right? Uh, it kind of dates me. There was a period in my life when I was an undergraduate here, I was more known as uh, AJ. So the people who knew me then, you know, know me more as AJ, um, my nickname. But, you know, Aaron, AJ, just not Mr. Jones, because there's only one Mr. Jones in the EOP, and it's, that's <laughs> Stephen Jones. And so I actually was just talking to the sister at um, uh, Starbucks, and she said, oh, I have an appointment with you. And uh, you're Mr. Jones, right? Like no no no, there's only one Mr. Jones. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and those for that are listening, uh, EOP stands for the Educational Opportunity Program, mm -hmm. and it's a program that's located at many universities mm -hmm. and colleges that help students who are specifically low income and first generation. Right. Can you tell us more about that program for those that are not familiar? Right. It's a wonderful program, uh, birthed out of the civil rights movement in large part. Um, due to student demands for um, better access and uh, retention services, recruitment at the point in time, that point in time, recruitment and retention services for students who had otherwise historically been denied access to colleges and universities uh, uh, in the society. Um, and so we provide holistic uh, support services, academic support services for our students. Um, we have a staff of about like 15. We celebrated our 50th anniversary about a year and a half ago. Um, and, you know, we have easily like a couple dozen different connections with different entities and, and, and departments, including Office of Financial Aid, uh, throughout the campus. Um, really, as you'd indicated, to support um, holistically uh, students who are uh, first gen and um, from low socioeconomic um, uh, backgrounds. But not exclusively, uh, because of um, after the um, the dismantling of affirmative action in the state of California, the way that EOP had been structured could no longer exist legally. Um, pre prior to, I think it's 209, Prop 209, um, EOP was in clusters. So there was a black and white component, Chicano-Latino Chicano component, Asian component, and a Native American component. So after 209, it couldn't function that way because it was essentially race-based. And so EOP kind of just became one entity. Um, and because of that also, uh, even though we focus specifically on first-gen and low-income low students, we don't exclude any students. So if there's a student who would like to have receive our services, come right in, we put them in. We have two different designations of membership, a regular member, which, which is triggered by an algorithm um, through the admissions process um, and then we have uh, associate members who are the, maybe they don't they're not eligible per that algorithm, but they still would like our services, and so you know we're able to do that as well. Okay, thank you for sharing about your program. And 
can you give a little bit about your background uh, for those that are listening may want to know who how did you get to be the person you are today um, I'm originally from San Francisco and I um, you know in hindsight I'm happy to have been born and raised in that community uh, I came to UC Santa Barbara out of high school um, as a freshman first-year student and um, was involved in a lot of different activities um, you know student organizations such as the Black Student Union and 100 Black Men which is now called BPRO um, a little bit of journal a little bit of journalism experience um, the paper called Black Watch and another one called uh, Praxis um, just you know just submitting an article no big deal right, right, um, right. I was an EOP student and I was an EOP peer mentor worked as a tour guide for the Visitor Center um, and I was also heavily involved in um, organizing and student government. I was involved uh, um, in Associated Students um, for three years in, in three different elected positions. And left the university um, and essentially, but I did, hadn't graduated and was uh, ended up having a whole kind of other trajectory which ultimately kind of brought me to a point in my life where I knew I needed to come back and finish my degree. So I came back to Santa Barbara in 2001, finished my degree, um, worked at Trader Joe's down in Milpas, the, the original one, not the new one. All right. Um, and for, for a number of years, maybe seven years, worked part-time at Santa Barbara City College in their transfer center with, this, with a program called the Transfer Achievement Program, which helps students who have historically not had access to four-year colleges and universities to be able to make that transition. And then had an opportunity to apply for was and accepted a position back in Associated Students, ironically, uh, as the student government advisor. So I worked directly with the elected student leadership, as well as um, several of the committees, um, like Student Commission on Racial Equality, Queer Commission, Student Lobby. Um, and then I um, accepted a, a promotion, if you will, to become the Assistant Director of Community Affairs. I did that for a number of eight, nine years, I think, before applying for and accepting the position of um, director of EOP. So it, I, I, this year, often, I mean, this will be marked like my 30th year being affiliated with the campus, although I've left and come back a couple times or with the community. But because of that, I have I, there's people who are still here employed who I've known since I was an undergraduate, like, for example, um, Lupe Nevada Garcia, who's assistant vice chancellor. Um, and others, um, and I've also had the great, great opportunity to work directly with students, um, and I think that's been one of the more rewarding things um, of being here. So, as the saying goes, not what you know, but who you know. Um, and right, then, right. And then, as um, my man Ladante would say, you know, that it's not who you know, but who knows you. So, like through that, and kind of holistically trying to support students and trying to help them not have to reinvent the wheel. You know what I mean? Because it's not like they have to go like the resources and opportunities and, and uh, avenues are there, but they don't have to be recreated. They're already there for them. And so that's another thing kind of that's kind of maybe not spoken about EOP because we do have a long-standing history and connections, uh, history on the campus and connections throughout the campus community and the broader community. We can help students kind of really find quicker avenues to get access to the people or the resources or the information that they need because you know as well as I do the students time here is very limited the quarter system is very fast you know and before and we were already at the end of the fifth week of winter quarter just like that so you know so it, it we try to serve as a conduit 
for um, for students to be able to not only matriculate successfully but also to holistically develop and achieve academic excellence. All right, let's let's talk more more about you. Uh, do you have any hobbies, any interests that you do outside of school, outside of work? Uh, yeah, sleep. No, um, <laughs> uh, I like to. Um, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm a junkie for music and books. Um, I like to, um, when you know, body permitting, I have a road bike that I like to ride. I did the age ride several years ago, um, and so that's a good you know form of exercise and um, even meditation. Um, I'm gonna pro I'm gonna be getting back into yoga. I kind of reached that point where my knees are starting to like not really hold up to a lot of impact, so got to kind of do that low impact stuff. But I also have two, ch two kids, 12 and 6, and, you know, a family to take care of, and between the family and work, oh, and I'm finishing a PhD in education, um, so between those three things, that's kind of it, you know, I mean, that's more than enough. Any one of those things would be more than enough. Right, right. And uh, let's ask the question that I always ask my guests is, what is your source of poder? Where do you find that inspiration point mm. uh, to seek out better opportunities for yourself and your family and those that you love? Mm. That's a good one. Um, you know, I have to say, the first thing that comes to mind really having been here is just the community that we have here on campus and in Santa Barbara. It's such a tight-knit community. I mean, it's not, I mean, the city of Santa Barbara, I think it was like 85, 90,000 people, something like that. It's not a lot. The county, I think, is 240,000. It's not that much in comparison to other major urban urban centers or metropolises, right? So this is being able to have people that I can connect with and rely upon and, <coughs> you know, in any number of different capacities, right? Um, I find that inspiring. I have, for example, and, and I want to be of help. So, for example, I have still have a lot of ties with folks that are at working at Santa Barbara City College, and you know, um, they've been going through some really difficult time these times these past few months, and so well, I've been able to kind of connect and process and um, um, talk with them and talk through and strategize just totally behind the scenes. You know, this is what I think. This is what I've experienced. Blah blah. blah. Um, so I find that rewarding, and then also through the connections that we have being able to, you know, tell the folks who I'm talking to at City College or anywhere else for that matter, like, hmm, I think I know somebody or this brings to mind, you know, this particular agency or like we were talking, you were just talking earlier about um, the Santa Barbara Scholarship Foundation. I literally was in a conversation yesterday with some folks at Pacifica about reaching out to them. So I'm looking forward to our time tomorrow at the, um, at the training. So stuff like that, just being able to make those kind of connections, I find very, very inspiring. I would even liken it to... Um, in a way, I kind of say this jokingly, um, Morgan Freeman's character in Shawshank Redemption, right? He's like, this, this guy can get you things, you know what I mean? So I'm just kind of the guy, that, one of those guys that kind of just knows people, you know? And, and again, even with our students, just, you know, shortcuts. So in that, I'm saying in terms of my pull there, like my ability, it's just like just to be able to be in this community and being able to, um, you know, use um, what I've learned and the people I've come to know to help each other. Nice. It's always great to hear the different stories that I get from uh, people that I interview. Mm -hmm. And usually when I interview people, they tend to really get deep in their 
knowledge of self mm-hmm. and knowledge of who they uh, complement with. Mm-hmm. And one last question would be, uh, what do you want to leave our audience listening to? What are some words of inspiration that you want to leave with people? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many different ways to approach that, right? I think for those who are listening, um, I would say, um, remember to breathe. Um, I kind of say it euphemistically. I just said it to a young lady at the coffee shop a moment ago because she was talking about how busy it was. But I found over the years that we don't necessarily, and like yoga practitioners will tell you this as well, we don't necessarily like engage our diaphragm and you know, we, you know, we, we tend to be very shallow breathers. And as my partner reminded me when I was going through some difficult times, she said, remember to breathe because our breath is one of our most powerful tools as human beings. You know, that's like yoga literally means is the breath, right? So, and that's a thousand, several thousand year old tradition. So I think sometimes, particularly in these current social political climate where things are so crazy and it seems like people, everybody we talk to are so busy and, you know, preoccupied and distracted and I think we lose sometimes we forget to breathe you know and so when I think about it I remember like oh that's right you know straighten up my posture open up the open up the um, uh, the diaphragm breathe through the gut and not just shallowly through the lungs you know I think we tend to reverse we try to think we need to inhale and expand our chest but it's actually our lungs are supposed to expand down like into our gut and that's how you get a really really good deep breath so and then because things are hard and times are hard um, I think it's now more than ever important just remember like we have this natural ability to kind of calm ourselves and to strengthen ourselves and get some good oxygen into ourselves and um, and make it through Um, so that's what comes to mind just remember to breathe all right now, from now on, I'm going to remember to breathe. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. Thank you for joining us on this podcast. Truly a blessing to have Aaron Jones <laughs> on our show. Hey, thank you, brother. Right on. Thank you for listening to Poder Podcast, the podcast con poder. I am your host, Sergio Lagunas. Music is produced by Brian Avarete. Please follow us on all social media channels, including Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, and you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, this is Poder Podcast.